Remember, rejoice, respond with hearts and hands and voices. This is our stewardship theme for the coming year of 2020. Hard to believe it's so near. Coming quick. So far we have explored the relations of remembering, the relations of rejoicing, Last week, the relations of relations, and today, the relations of responding. Responding. How do we learn to respond? Think back to when you were born. You probably can't. But imagine what your life was like when you first came into the world in those first few days. What did you do? You ate. You slept. You cried. And you made messy diapers. You didn't know how to respond. You didn't know how to do anything. You didn't know how to give back. You only knew how to receive. You were totally dependent upon the care and the nurturing and the love of others. And we were all born into some particular circumstance. Many of us born into our biological families, but not all. Some in other circumstances. And if you had a halfway decent and loving environment into which you were born, you learned how to love, you learned how to respond because someone else first loved you. That's the way it works, right? That's the way it works. That's the way it's worked from the very beginning. We all come into this world completely dependent upon the love and nurture of someone parents or others who are charged with our responsibility. And we learn how to be in the world. We we learn certain values. We learn certain ways of living. And most of that, again, happens during our formative years by the time we're six or seven. And I bet you many of your core values Many of the things that are still important to you today may have been shaped, may have been honed in those early years of your development. It may not be true for everyone. I know it's true for me. Many of the values that I have, many of the core values that I have, many of the things that are dearly and deeply important to me are things my parents passed on to me. I didn't even know it at the time. It just was happening. And now as I reflect back, I reflect back with gratitude on how they influenced me. Now, none of us are perfect. And no family is perfect. And there's something worse than hardening of the arteries as we get older. It's called hardening of the heart. Or 
hardening of our spiritual arteries, if you will. St. John of the Cross once said, We are not made or unmade by the things that happen to us, but how we respond to them. That's what God cares about. Not what happens to us, but how we respond to what happens to us. And it was Martin Buber, that great Jewish theologian and scholar, who said, one, ceases, one who ceases to respond ceases to hear the Word. In other words, we stop listening to the Word of God, the Word of how to live when we stop responding. The word God has many different expressions. In the Old Testament, um, Yahweh was one of those. There are many different ways of of naming this one we call God. But if you think of the three letters in God, the first letter, of course, is G. And for me, that always brings me to giving and gratitude. That one of the most important aspects of God's nature is that God is a giving God. God gives us creation. God gives us the beauty and vastness and variety of creation. And God gives us our lives. And God gives us love and all the things that we are gifted with and entrusted with. And God's nature is God. And so if we're created in God's image, we are to be giving in response. Did you ever realize that the first first two-thirds of God is go? Go, respond, give. And when we do those things, we will be moving in God's way and with God and toward God. Wherein is our completion. Now we know more in our time and in this day about the tragic events of life with all the pain and suffering going on in our world than we have ever known before. And yet, it seems people respond less and less. Anne Bradstreet was a 17th century Puritan and poet. And she wrote these words. They're a little old because they're going back more than a couple of hundred years. But I want you to listen to them. She said, Why should I but live to thy praise when my life is hid in thee? O Lord, no longer be my days than I may fruitful be. She didn't want her life to go on any longer than she could be fruitful. And how many of us have thought about that. That we hope, we don't control the end of our lives. We don't, get to, we don't get to do that. But we hope we can be as involved and contribute and to be fruitful for as long as possible. And that's what she was yearning to be. To be fruitful all her days. 
I want to introduce you to a word you may or may not know. It's the word fecundity. Fecundity simply means to be fruitful, but in the most abundant way possible. To be fruitful, but with great abundance and exuberance. So I want to read again the text that Michelle read for us from John, because it's about being fruitful. It's about our role as fruitful and faithful disciples of Christ. I am the true vine, Jesus says, and my Father the vine grower. God removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, He prunes to make it bear more fruit. Now, have you ever thought about that? I'm sure you all have gotten out the pruning shears or some device that clips and cuts, right? If you were that thing being cut, how would you feel? Not so great, right? That's how it is sometimes, though. Sometimes when we get so caught up in ourselves and our way of seeing and doing and being, God has to kind of nip us. Nip our ego, if you will. Nip our our sense of self-importance. To nip that. And at first, it hurts. Nobody likes being knocked down a peg or two. But sometimes we need to be for our own good. So that we can get ourselves out of the way and let God's way flow through and then be more fruitful. That's what this pruning he's talking about means. Now, you've already been cleansed by the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you, just as the branches cannot bear fruit by themselves unless they abide in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Pretty clear, right? This image, this metaphor is such a wonderfully rich, organic way of understanding our relationship with Christ. Jesus isn't actually a vine, and we're not actually branches. That would be a literal interpretation, how silly that would be. This metaphor gives rise to much deeper meaning in terms of how we are connected to Christ. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can't do anything. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. They're gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you abide in me and my words in you, Ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, Jesus doesn't say, ask for whatever you want. New car, new house, new boat, new toy. No. Abide in me. Get connected to me. Get connected to my true spirit. And once you do, then you're going to ask for all the right things. But they won't be self-centered. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. That's how we are known as Jesus' disciples, by the fruit we bear. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then in verse 11, he says, I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus is talking about something more than mere happiness and feeling good and rosy all the time and up, which is what 
many in our culture seem to want to be. They want to be happy all the time, and that's impossible. Joy is something much deeper than that. Joy is something that runs even beneath problems, struggles, and tragedies. Joy is knowing that we are always connected to the vine. That we are always connected to Christ. And so the relations of responding start in our family or wherever we find ourselves coming into this world. And then our relations of responding uh, are also shaped by our friends and by our neighbors and by our co-workers and people that we interact with throughout our life's journey. But here is what we focus on as people of faith. Our relations of responding are rooted in Christ and in the church and in our community of faith. This is where we learn and grow in our responding as faithful people. Scripture tells us elsewhere that the reason we love God is because God first loved us. It's that same thing I talked about earlier with our coming into the world. How do we love God? Because God first loved us. Our relations of responding are rooted and connected to God. But for many in the church and for many people of faith, the church and faith are all about what's in it for them. I hear people say, well, the reason I go to church is because I, I want to, I want to, I like to hear the music and see what, how it can really uh, touch me and how I can enjoy it or what I can get out of the sermon. That's a what's in it for me approach. That's not all bad. I'm not being totally critical of that. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. The point is about being fruitful. The point is about responding because of our relationship to Christ and being part of the body of Christ, which is the church. And we learn how to respond. We learn how to give. But when it's all about me and what's in it for me, we're barking up the wrong tree. Bearing fruit. Bearing fruit is so important. And don't be afraid to go out on the limb. To go out on a limb. Because that's where the fruit is. In other words, don't be afraid to take risks for God because we may find that's where we can be most fruitful. So I want to quickly read Proverbs that Roberta read because there's some rich tones and connections there as well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't rely on your own insight. That's a pre-warning to the pruning that we sometimes need. In all your ways, acknowledge God and God will make straight your paths. Don't be wise in your own ways. Fear, or really the meaning for that is respect. Respect the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for you. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce. In an agrarian world, that was their stuff. Some of you may have a small garden at home, but we're very few of us are making all of our own food, growing our own food. So we work to get an income to go to the store to purchase the produce of the land. So what is our 
way of responding. We have to put it into a context that makes sense. It's our finances. It's the money that we have. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. There's that pruning again. Do not despise the Lord's pruning, His discipline, or be weary of His reproof. For only if God loves you will God do such. Happy are those who find wisdom and those who get understanding. For wisdom's income is better than silver, and wisdom's revenue better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with that. Our trust and praise are in God, and giving of our first fruits. Giving is a part of being fruitful. And that's our focus during this stewardship season. To give, to live, to serve, and to love all others is what we are called to do. And this is through our blessed and sacred relations with all of God's children. Not the ones we like only. That would be so easy. No. We are called to look at those who are marginalized, the least of these, my brothers and sisters. Because when we love all of those, we're loving Christ in the flesh. St. Francis said, it is in giving that we receive. And Jesus said in Acts, as he is uh, quoted by Paul, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. We get ourselves out of the way. We recognize our organic, true connection to Christ divine. And with the gifts entrusted to us, we let them go as we are fruitful. That's what giving living is all about.